Feel the Ad Love. It's a podcast produced by Radio Lounge Marketing, featuring conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing dynamic and fun. Those are the important folks. Radio Lounge is a destination for audio production services for broadcast, film, on-location audio experiences, digital media. We also offer podcast training, production, and distribution through our new podcast studios, which were there today. It feels good to be here. Voice coaching and the production of high-end voice talent demos. Do a virtual visit anytime at RadioLoungeUSA.com. You know, we're going to have a conversation today with Nikki Mondolini. We know Nikki for a long time. Uh, she's actually uh, here in Houston for, for several years, uh, and uh, but she's from so many different places around the world. It's kind of mind-blowing, but it's fun to have you back, Nikki, here. <laughs> Nikki was born to a, a British mom, Joan Hammond. What a, that sounds like a stage name, doesn't it? Joan right. Hammond. I know, it does, yeah. <laughs> but here's the better one. The Italian father, Mario Mandalini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they moved to Mexico City with her family when uh, when her father was transferred by his employer. She has two sisters. That's nice to know as well. Mm-hmm. So really, Nikki, from early childhood, you were introduced to the arts of acting and dancing by your mom, who is mm-hmm. a professional choreographer. So that means that's a connection for the ballet. So that got mm-hmm. things started here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, Nikki has done so many things. She's won the Voice Arts Award for Best Spanish Language Narrator in 2017. Um, She is also, she began her acting career at 11 years old in the musical Gypsy uh, and continued her career in telenovelas. I got to say that right. Yep, telenovelas. Uh, I'll just call them soap operas, okay? With the Mexican (laughs) Network, Televisa, Spanish uh, classical theater and movies and so much more. So a ballerina, you mm-hmm. speak Spanish, English, Italian, French, and German? You really? I do. I mean, I would say my my main languages are the first three. And then afterwards, uh, after high school, I spent a year in Italy uh, trying to get closer to my Italian roots and perfect my Italian accent and, uh, you know, my Italian accent speaking Italian, I should say. Uh, and then um, I just wanted to learn French and German. So I, I did that for a year. So those are not like as strong as my other three languages, but um, yeah, I mean, I love languages. I would learn a new language every year if I could. You know, it's it's beautiful. I'll tell you one thing. I speak English, and that's all. I speak. I wish so that I spoke another language. You know, when you grow up north, uh, uh, you know, around the Great Lakes, you learn French. Uh, in the Houston market, you learn Spanish, but but you've been a little bit of, uh, of everywhere. Also says you meditate mm-hmm. daily. Did you meditate today already? Or are we meditating right now? I actually speak? did meditate did. today <laughs> early. Yes, yes. I try to do that. It just helps me just like focus for the rest of the day. Just like it's like reconnecting and just like uh, like hitting the reset button in the morning. <laughs> you know? That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great is you have a special place that you meditate or just anywhere? I have a couple places uh, depending on what my husband's doing, you know. He also meditates, so we just alternate and sometimes I do it in my bedroom, sometimes in the living room and uh, one of my cats will come and sit on my lap for a while and uh yep. That's and I put a little music on. I like to meditate to music. Sometimes I do it silently. What kind of, what kind of music do you meditate to? Um, I like. Um, I find different things on YouTube. Um, one of the of, of the um, nice meditation music um, videos that I found is uh, Wayne Dyer 
and he's also written Dr. Like, Wayne Dyer. Yeah. Yes, Dr. Yeah. Wayne Dyer. Yeah. Um, I love his videos and, and and everything that he was about. I mean, I still have to read his books, but I've I've heard a lot of it and seen a lot of his videos. Yeah. And so one of them is uh, about meditating, and uh, and it has beautiful sounds, and it's like in two sessions, so you can break it down, and you know it's twenty minutes, so you don't have to keep looking at the clock, you know, saying, "Oh, I have to go, I have to go." No, if you know you have. 20 minutes to spend meditating, you know yeah. that track is 20 minutes long. And, and it's very subdued. It's kind of like uh, spiritual, angelic voices, yeah. you know, but I, I turn the volume down like a lot, like like three little lines on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be like too overpowering, but it just helps me, you know, get, get into that deep, uh, meditative, relaxed state. You, uh, you, let's take you back to eight years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> auditioning for the lead role in a dance recital at the studio where you took ballet. Yeah. What was that like to do that audition for the first time? Um, I loved it. I know all of my classmates were, were going to audition, and, um, and it was, you know, a, a little bit nerve-wracking because uh, every one of those recitals that, that we used to do was, was like a special story, like a special production. And I loved it. I mean, ever since I can remember, I think the first one that I did was when I was three or four years old. And uh, I loved getting into costume, my mom applying the makeup and uh, hair done and everything and, and waiting in the wings to go in and all that. So I've always loved that feeling. And so for me, it was a big deal to audition for, for that lead role in that, that recital. And, uh, and then they also had, they brought in a coach, an acting coach, because it required, of course, acting and all that. I mean, not, not speaking, but all the expressions and everything had to be very real and make it like, it was like really like a major production for a dance recital that was only shown like two or three times. That's it, you know. Okay. But, uh, but I felt wonderful when, when they um, selected me to play that role. Wow. I mean... I really loved it. That's yeah. pretty cool. Let's fast forward just a couple of years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does Who Framed Roger Rabbit fold mm-hmm. into a career uh, on uh, uh, Televisa in Mexico City for your character, Maria Mercedes? I, I, uh-huh. I, I think that's a really – Mr. Pimstein, is that the producer of the show? Yeah, Yeah, correct. so he auditioned you, mm-hmm. and you did the audition. Yeah. And it was kind of a weird audition, as yes. I recall. <laughs> And you push through that, but but then he says, "I want you to be who framed Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit." So yeah, I guess that's who you were, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it's actually. Let me just uh, do a little uh, clarification. The name of the telenovela was Maria Mercedes, ah, okay. and my character's name was Mystica. Mystica. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he just had this idea. He, he was, as you say, kind of like a very special, weird person in some senses. Those he, are some of the best producers, though, don't I you know, think? I know, I yeah. know. I mean, he had a special set idea, and he wanted to create this character from Jessica Rabbit. So he made me uh, watch, you know, he put uh, the video, you know, a couple of scenes when she was walking on stage and doing her song and, you know, moving her shoulders and all the sultry, sexy mm-hmm. magnificence of Jessica Rabbit. And he wanted to translate that into the villain, the femme fatale of the telenovela, right? Mystica, and uh, yeah. and so uh, some of my, you know, physical appearance helped out because I'm, I'm 5'10", and, uh, and I've, you know, I've been a dancer, so I know how to move my body in, in right. special ways. And, and, uh, 
And I was not afraid to go for it. And and, and that audition, as you say, was a bit weird because he made me kiss uh, the guy that I was doing the scene with. And we were in an office and in the middle of the production company there. In the, in, in, and that sure. office had glass windows all around so everybody could see. And, and there I was just going at it with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it felt weird. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm remembering my method training. Just, you know, go for it, you know. Think about that and, and, and everything it entails and, and how this character can be, you know. So uh, it was fun and weird, but uh, it got me the part. <laughs> you know, back in the day of, of the, the television show Dragnet, uh, Joe Friday and his assistant, uh, Harry Morgan, had one outfit. They wore gray suits. Mm. They wore gray suits all the time so that they could shoot the scenes out of sequence, and it didn't matter what they looked like. They were always wearing gray suits, white shirts, black ties, right? Got it. But your character had... One outfit. That must have been fun for wardrobe, huh? I mean, yeah. that's a piece of Well, I, I would say it was two different ones, only oh. because when I was riding the motorcycle, it was a pink pantsuit um, <laughs> with pink gloves, pink knee-high boots, pink helmet, pink cell phone, pink motorcycle. Sure. And I would have an Afghan dog ride in the sidecar. Um, so, you know, almost like pink bat girl. That's what the producer was going for. So I, I guess it. it was a mixture between Pink Batgirl and Jessica Rabbit. So let's. <laughs> really so in the garage today, uh, where you live, do you have that pink motorcycle still? <laughs> no. no. Did you actually ride the motorcycle too? I did. I did a couple times, not for the the long haul. You know, for going down the, one of uh, Mexico's main avenues, which is called Reforma. You know, it's one of the, it's a beautiful avenue. You know, flanked by trees and, and monuments and all that. Uh, but no, they they had a double which was a guy he was wearing a wig and he and he got whistles and calls and everything while he was riding down but of course there. he did sure he was pretty skinny too uh but no the other outfit that you're talking about which is the one that that people mostly know me for in, in that novella was a black sequence dress okay and in, in the split right to the side of my hip right there. But I was wearing that dress the first time we had a scene for me riding that motorcycle. That didn't work. And, of course, it didn't because no. then everything was, you know, yeah. out there in the open. So, right. no, couldn't have that. Um, so they said, no, 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 let's design this this outfit for the motorcycle. But, but then they realized, uh-oh. There is a sequence um, blimp there. I mean, you know, you're you're out of sequence there because uh, uh, I would say continuity uh, just it was it went to heck, you know, because we had already done the um, the the scenes in in the set, you know, inside like all the interiors, and so it was like, okay, how are we going to justify her right. being changed? Does she have a little backpack with her, a little bag or something where she just changes her clothes or whatever? And then they thought. You know what? No, that's going to be very difficult to do every single time. You know, sure. when, when we do the scene when she's riding and then she's going in. No, okay, we're just going to do this. When she steps off the bike, uh, uh, the motorcycle, she's already in her black dress. <laughs> and people were like, what? <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> and so people just had to take it. <laughs> sure. That was it. And so that fact and the fact that she was always wearing the same dress Every day, scene after scene, yeah. got people talking as well. By the way, the producer loved it. He loved all the controversy surrounding this character, sure. you know, not only because of the way she walked and because I was always moving my shoulders, always in very sexy poses, right? right? Not only because of that and the pink dress, you know, and the motorcycle thing, you know, so that it was, you know, people were 
fascinated, but at the same time, they had a lot of questions. So they wrote them and they, you know, sent the letters and the producer was reading them. And he showed them to me and he says, look, people are angry because you're wearing the same dress every single day. So what are we going to do about this? And then we discussed it and I said, well, you know, I remember when I was little and I was watching the Flintstones and and Wilma yeah. had a scene where she was choosing her outfit and all of the outfits in her closet were the same, the, same, the exact yeah, same. Right. So I said, why don't we do something like that? You know, let's just have a scene where she's talking to her aunt because her aunt was always with her, not her mother, but her aunt. She lived with her aunt. And uh, she was, you know, in a scene discussing things and just like nothing, you know, I'm like discussing things with her. I open the closet on one side and all of the dresses are the same. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And so I go to the other side of the closet, open it up, and then we got like 20 more just the same. <laughs> and I pick one and sort of put it against me. I'm like, yeah, I think I want this one today. <laughs> yes. And it's the exact same dress every single day. So it was funny. But So it was it was a... It was a drama type series, but it was also kind of a comedy, wasn't it? It was. I, I, I'm going to say it's a farce. It's a melodramatic farce. That's what it is. And it's still being shown today. Wow. It's the reruns on Mexican, on Hispanic television. I think, I don't know which of the, I think it's Channel 50 or whatever, wherever. I mean, it might change from state to state. But yes, uh, it's still showing. So there's a restaurant uh, here in the Sugarland area. You walk in, it's a Mexican restaurant. A good Mexican restaurant, as a matter of fact. And there's a picture of Nikki, an autographed <laughs> picture of Nikki hanging on the wall. So you went into the restaurant. They go, you, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah, they, they did recognize me. <laughs> and that happens That happens not only here in the United States, but around the world as well, huh? It it happened to me. Well, it's happened to me in, in, in different places in Mexico, but uh, in different places that I've been here. And then on Facebook, I've gotten... Uh, messages from people in other countries that have seen the the novelas there because it's it's been dubbed in a lot of different languages: wow. Russian, Portuguese, Polish, Czech. Uh, I mean, in Thailand, uh, my sister went there one time, and she was in in the middle of this little town up in the hills, and she went to a local market, and uh, and so they asked her where she was from, and she said Mexico. And the, and the lady said, oh, Mexico, Marimar. Marimar is another one of the novelas that I did. Okay. So, small world. They show them in the little towns in Thailand, in the mountains of Thailand. Holy cow. <laughs> you had a lot of fun doing that, didn't you? I did. Yes. I did, I did. So then you come to uh, to, uh, to America, yeah. the United States, to Houston specifically. Mm-hmm. And you settled down with your husband, Al, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh now you're doing voiceover work, but you're also doing some coaching as far as acting and such like that. Aren't you doing that too? I, I Not anymore. Um, I did a few sessions where I, um, I just put together uh, some workshops for bilingual actors mm-hmm. um, because I thought it was very important. And this I was discussing with, uh, with my agent. Uh, and then, you know, she said, well, you know, there's a lot of things that people that are in the Hispanic market, they should be aware of and they need to practice acting in Spanish a lot more. It's one thing to act in English. It, there, it's You do have a few differences. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's body language and there's the emphasis and then just how do you relate to other people. And there's, you know, there's a lot of little nuances that, that are, you know, pertaining to each language. And uh, and, and I noticed it when, when I came to the States, you know, because I was used to doing everything in Spanish, although I've, I've spoken English since I was a little girl, you know, since I was a baby. Yeah. But it's different. I, I hadn't really done any work in English. And, and uh, I mean, 
also the the way you relate and and, and the language you know about talking about the the scripts and and uh And for example, I didn't know they were called sides until I moved here. I started going to class, and they're like, "Okay, let me see your sides." And I was uh, okay. So of course, I stand in profile. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Till I find out, and I, I'm like, "Oh, that's what you mean," you know. And then I figure out why they're called sides because they're written on one side of the script and instead of both sides of oh, the script. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I thought a side was either green beans and or uh, a fried okra. But there you go. That's another type yeah. of side. Yes. Yeah. It is. Okay. <laughs> so this is fun. So you're here in Houston, and you're you're very successful in in your voice acting. You do a, a variety of things. And I think uh, the fact that you are uh, very bilingual is uh, a big key to that because you can do, well, five times as many things as other people <laughs> can because you can speak several languages. So you did voice acting in Mexico mm-hmm. as well, too. How was that over there? How was I didn't do as much as I did here, but uh, for a few months I was the station voice for one of the main stations in, in Mexico, which was Channel Two. So I would announce, uh, you know, the breakdown of the, of the shows, you know, just the list of the shows that were going to go on every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a couple of commercials and uh, and uh, I narrated a couple of industrial videos, but of course I never had my own studio, so I would always go to the studios there and, that they had in Televisa. Yeah. Uh, to do that, right. all, all that voiceover work. So I wouldn't say that I was really too much into voiceover until I came to the U.S. We know Nikki, uh, obviously, is a friend of Radio Lounge, but through a, a PB talent, past Radio Bosby talent. Uh, and recently you did something which I want to find out which how you feel about this. The, the Dark Side of the Moon, you were mm-hmm. the narrator for that. Yes. What was that all about? And obviously that was close to your heart, right? Yes. Um, so... The producer is Fabrizia Faustinella. Um, she's Italian, and she's been living in Houston for a number of years. She's also a doctor. She's a medical doctor. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's a, a wonderful dermatologist. And uh, and I met her at, uh, at the, the acting classes that we were taking, you know, a few years ago. And she um, she's just a, an amazing person. I mean, so uh, driven and so talented and so enterprising. And so she had this... Um, the documentary that she was working on, um, we, we had lost touch for a little bit, but then she remembered that I also did voiceover. So she contacted me and she said, look, um, I have this. Her accent is a lot thicker in Italian. So she wanted a less thick accent, you know, minus, I wouldn't say absolutely perfectly American, but of course, less Italian <laughs> than hers. Right, right. And, but your uh, accent is a, is like a rainbow of different uh, accents in, uh, I guess, connected to uh, I guess English. People That's okay. have a hard time placing me and my, my origins when they first meet me. But uh, So anyway, she um, she sent me uh, the demo reel for, for that, and, uh, and I just thought it was amazing because it's about uh, the causes of homelessness. Mm-hmm. And she specifically went around Houston um, recording people, just uh, interviewing them, um, homeless people and uh, and social workers and psychologists and everything geared toward understanding a little bit better what what makes what causes a person to become homeless, you know, and, and it's uh, it's a. A number of reasons, but at you know at the highest point of like they mentioned the Maslow pyramid, and of course mental health is is right there is the most important thing. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Wow. So uh, you know, I I was really um, you know honored that that she chose me to to narrate her uh, her documentary because it's I think it's a wonderful story that that has to be told. You know, and and a lot of people they talk. You know, their testimonials are. 
uh, I mean, they, they just grab you and, and then you understand, my goodness, this person really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, they have been struggling with, with so much, you know, and, and you understand why uh, they, they, they are the way they are, why they live in that sort of situation. And it makes you become a little bit more compassionate. Yeah. You know? That's a good place to be. You know, yeah. mental illness, you know, it, it evolves, uh, it centers around so many things that we have issues with. You know, they're talking about the gun violence and such like that. Yeah, Rather than placing the blame on the guns, let's place the blame on possibly the mental illness factor. And here so. in the United yeah. States, we really don't address that a lot. There are other countries that do a lot better jobs of of uh, taking care of that, addressing and not fixing, but just accommodating and making sure that people are uh, taken care of. So that oh, was absolutely. really great that you did that. You know, was was getting into the voiceover business an accident or was it on purpose? Um, well, the main reason why we moved to the U.S. because it was because of my husband's work and we wanted to give our kids better opportunities. So for us, it was better to come to Houston. And... I, of course, never wanted to stop working. It's, I mean, if I don't work, I go crazy. It's like, it's just such an important part of me since I was so young that I just have to keep working and working in the arts. And, uh, and also, well, I am a mother of three and uh, I wanted to be there for my kids. Uh, so the, the easiest thing, no, no, I wouldn't say the easiest, but uh, there was more of an opportunity to work in voiceover. Um, there, there are a lot of opportunities in Houston because there's. Um, I've done voiceover for the uh, oil and gas industry, for the hotel a industry. Market, yeah. Vi- yes, a lot in medical as well. I've also done on camera uh, videos um, for you know uh, certain diseases and all that, like bringing attention to uh, certain diseases. Uh, but yeah, uh, going into voiceover was a little bit because, okay, here's another door that you're going to open into your career. Yeah. And why not? You know, I'm definitely keeping alive everything that I've done with, with TV and theater and film. That is a very big part of me, and I'm always going to do it. You know, it mellowed down a little bit because of my circumstances of wanting to be near my kids and, and, and being here and, and how it was best for the family. So it was a, like a slight detour, but I wouldn't say... You know, some people in Mexico think that that I have retired because they don't see me on TV anymore. Sure. Uh, but you know, I'm. It's not that. It's it's. I've just taken this, another step. You know, like I've broadened my horizons, and and voiceover is such an important part of my life right now. And 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 I've I've discovered so many beautiful things that I can do in voiceover. But uh, I discovered the voiceover community as well, which is amazing, amazing. People are so giving and so generous, and, and everybody is quick to give you a tip and guide you and, and, and give you a lot of advice on what you should do and, and what could be good for you. And every single day, I mean, there's just a wealth of information for someone to to uh, start a voiceover career the right way. There's also the wrong way, but if you go and tap into the community, then, then you can be guided into the things to do that that will help you succeed in, in voiceover and 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 see all all the different genres that there are. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. It sure is fun to talk to someone who is so excited and so passionate about this business. Let's go back to the acting side for just a moment. Sure. What is a better fit for you, stage or television? Uh, I love both. I, I can't say which one I prefer or what would be a fit. I would say I've done more in television than I have in theater 
I don't know, that's just the way things were going, you know, opportunities were opening themselves up more for me in television. Um, and, and I did some modeling as well, you know, right before I um, I started acting. And, and as a matter of fact, that that helped pay for my acting career, you know, while, while I was doing modeling. Uh, and I, I did some, you know, uh, photography. It was in a few magazine covers. I did some uh, catwalk, you know, some fashion shows. Um, you know, I also enjoyed that. And but... Yeah, uh, a lot of those opportunities started to open themselves up in television. I, you know, I I loved them. You know, I, I really yeah. enjoyed them. Yeah, both have benefits, is what you're saying. Yes, for sure. I mean, the thing I love about theater is that you have that wonderful feedback with the audience and right there, mm-hmm. and and. The audience can be so different from one night to the next. It's almost like you're doing a different show because of the audience's reaction. Ah, and, and some yeah. people can laugh in a different place than what you're used to, you know, than that, okay, the, the play is written in a certain way. So, you know, you, you know, you're you're saying something funny. So you expect people are going to laugh in this place or that other place. But then suddenly you get an audience that maybe doesn't laugh at all. And then at the end, you have a standing ovation or uh, uh, the other side of the of the coin, you know, you get laughs even when you don't expect them. So those laughs, like I did a comedy, uh, contemporary comedy called Las Gallinas Matemáticas, which is roughly translated into the mathematical chickens. Uh, sure. And uh, it was a do, uh, just a, a dialogue. And there was a third character coming in and out. But uh, it was a very funny show. Um and and we had people laughing just where I never expected a laugh there. So it does, was, that, does that throw you off then at that point in time? A, a tiny bit, but zone? no. You know what? It just kept feeding me. Feed, oh, it, it just filled me up with energy to keep going. And then then you know you you end up doing your character and, and finding more ways into oh I, I never thought about that being funny but what if it isn't now I do this and that you know so it sort of ah. guides you and makes you discover other things about your character that you probably hadn't thought of wow what don't we know about Nikki Mandolini what's something that uh, somebody doesn't know about that's something um that I I have a secret wish that I wish um if, if I were, were to do something different I would be a writer um, I've written a few things that I've never shown anybody. Ah. Um, I, I wrote uh, a book, like it was a, I would say a book. I mean, it's a story, but it was a complete story. The, the year I spent in Italy, um, I guess I was a bit lonely at the time. I mean, my sisters weren't with me. I didn't have any of my friends. I made new friends and it was wonderful, right? But I spent a lot of time by myself. So I, I, I read a lot and, and I started writing a lot. I had a diary that I wrote every single day uh, of my experiences. You know, it was a journal. And uh, and so I did a lot of writing in, in, in that sense. And then I did this, this story. So I want to translate some of that into uh, into a short film, you know, or oh, wow. maybe doing something yeah. later on as a feature film. But but um, I have several ideas that I keep writing down in different places. And I started writing uh, a few novels, like getting some ideas and getting to a certain aspect and doing a little bit of research and then not finishing it because I had work, because I had kids, because of other things that, that you know, but but um, yeah, I mean, that that's a, another aspect that, uh, that that I love. I love writing and I 
And um, one of these days I'm going to take like a proper screenwriting course and then just do it the right way and and just get it done. Don't wait too long. Go ahead and do that sooner or later, won't you? Yeah. You know what's really cool about Nikki? Nikki has five rules for success, okay? And we're going to – I'll mention them. We'll we'll just talk briefly. We don't have to go into depth on all of them. Okay. Uh, Get get smart about business. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Learn about marketing. Uh Uh-huh. Be nice. Oh, yeah. Keep your ego in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way I'm saying it. Oh, yeah. And ask questions. And this relates to actually being on set or being a part of stuff like that. Oh, yeah. For so sure. these are good rules, Nikki. Um, and uh, obviously, you live by those things, right? Yeah, and it's things that I've learned. I mean, you, you make mistakes and you learn from, from your mistakes. So um, I try to keep my things in check. You know, you have to keep an open mind. You have to know that even though you've had successes, it's never like, oh, I made it. You know, I, I, ne- I never think like, okay, I made it. No, I'm, I'm advancing in what I like to do, but there's a lot that I have to learn from other people, from my experiences, and, and you know, from, from the people that watch, you know, what does the audience want? What do, what do they need? What do they relate to? You know, and the audience deserves a good story. They deserve good acting. They deserve the best, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever I can do as part of a team to produce that for people to see and enjoy and maybe think about things that, that they could incorporate in their own lives or situations that might help them figure out something they're going through in their own lives, you know. I'm, I'm, I love that. I love uh, being able to to help people in in that way, and at the same time, of course, I enjoy the arts, and I enjoy being, you know, stepping into a character and, and giving it my best, and, and becoming a part of of a beautiful story. So there you have Nikki Mondolini, curious, inspired, motivated, full of positivity, full of energy, but quiet because she meditates and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and, and very successful in what you do, and. and you know, there are just some folks that are out there. They can do anything. You can go out uh, tomorrow and become a greeter at Walmart, and you'd become the best greeter at Walmart, I think. It doesn't really matter where you're at. You, you generate that. This is fun to get to know you better and, and you. for other folks to get to know you better as well. And uh, th- thank, thanks for being here. Appreciate oh, well, it. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here in your podcast. And, of course, you know, Ray and uh, and Bruce are just amazing, and uh, they've helped me so much. I need to say that you guys have been amazing with me. I mean, you, you've helped me, you've given me tips, you've given me guidance, and uh, and I, I love collaborating with you because I, I I think every time we work together, we create something very special. I love surrounding myself with people who are successful and and, and do great things because we do feed off that. And it's just just you said we we feed off each other's. Uh, Uh, energy and everything. So that's great. So Nikki, thanks again. Hey, thanks for listening to Feel the Ad Love. Visit us at RadioLoungeUSA.com if you want to find out more about what we do every day. Subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast via RSS so you never miss a new podcast. And your rating on iTunes is going to help us grow too. We certainly would appreciate that. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. So until next time, come to the lounge and feel the ad love. Copyright 2019.